0: Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Coming up on this episode, I'm joined by chief sports writer Lee Ryder, and there's only one place to start, and it's with that training ground bust-up between Matt Ritchie and Steve Bruce. We'll be bringing you the latest understanding on that story and what it means looking ahead to a very important game against West Brom on Sunday, plus reaction to the fact Miguel Almiron and Alan saint are out until April. And there's a cheeky little update on the tier cover, where a cheeky little so-and-so has reportedly asked Mike Ashley if £50 million would be acceptable for the club, should they be relegated this season. All that to come and much, much more on this episode of the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast, joined by Chief sports writer Lee Ryder. Lee, Sunday is a huge game for Newcastle United and, you know, the build-up and preparation was already, there was lots of focus on it because of the injuries to Miguel Almiron at Maxman, and Alan St. Maxman. We'll discuss that in due course. But of course, the last 24 hours, big news um, about a, a training ground bust up between Matt Ritchie and Steve Bruce in the aftermath of that 1-1 draw with Wolves. Can you just explain to our listeners and viewers just your latest understanding on on developments and, and what the club have said about it?
1: Well, on the record, Newcastle have said nothing, which is, it, you know, that's that's not unusual. Uh, that that's what gets said, uh, normally with this. But you know, there's been certainly no denial that there's been crosswords said between the pair, and obviously something you know has gone off at the, at the training ground. And I think most people can sort of imagine what what would happen in that that situation. The pressure's on Newcastle at the minute; they're not getting results. The I think Monday night with Jamie Carrigan one night, football was it was fascinating television to, to watch it all broken down as slowly as that and, and hear a former pro talk his way through it. And I think that magnified the problem. And the big problem for Steve Bruce was that all comes, you know, before he's had a chance to speak to the players. He gave them two days off for 48 hours to cool down from Wolves. It's backfired because obviously the players needed to speak. Um, they wanted to have the say. They couldn't do it. Uh, training didn't resume till Tuesday. And, you know, they've been, you know, subject to a lot of criticism on, on social media because of it. But it's, it's one of them where, where when, the, when Newcastle in a relegation struggle, something like this always crops up. And uh, it's not the first time. There was certainly problems in 2016. Behind the scenes, uh, you know, with you know players arguing with staff, etc., and same in two thousand and nine as well. So, it's uh, it's it's not something I'm it's not something new to me because uh, I'm probably a veteran of some uh, re- s- several relegation battles. But yeah, it's it's made the headlines today, and um, you know Newcastle going to this game with headlines for the
0: wrong reasons. I think to many people it wasn't really surprising that something of this sort came out because. For many, when they heard Steve Bruce, for want of a better phrase, essentially chuck Matt Ritchie into the bus with his comments after the Wolves game, many people were a bit like, "Is that really the right move, regardless of whether he's right in what he says, the instructions didn't come across. Do you maybe need to keep that behind closed doors and just say, no, we win as a team, we lose as a team, you know, and we've drawn here. Were you surprised, you know, when you when you got told about this, well, about this bust up on the training pitch, given Steve Bruce's comments over the weekend?
1: No, not really. I, I think he's he's switched strategy in, in his press conferences uh, in the last few weeks where, you know, at the start of the season, if you go back to a couple of defeats then, he was being very nice and complimentary about the players and, you know, talking about other things like bad luck and injuries and COVID. But now he's actually, you know, naming and shaming players uh, if they get something wrong. And maybe it's a different method from him. Um, Regardless of, of what's said on, on social media, it's um, it's it's a tough job. It doesn't matter who you are, Rafa Benitez, Steve Bruce, Bobby Robson, they've all had their ups and downs in the job. And you know, world world class players such as Rude Hullett came into the job, Alan Shearer. It's an unbelievably difficult job. And you know, that's not making excuses for, for anybody, but you know, the the problem is when things aren't going right, you know, the um, the, the spotlight is, is switched on to it. And, and I think, yeah, I think I gen- genuinely think Steve Bruce is, is feeling the heat at the moment.
0: I've seen him <laughs> say, um, after working with Matt Ritchie for so long, you would kind of hopefully realise that he's maybe the wrong person to, you know, to name publicly about making a mistake. Um I guess, though, I mean, we've been told that you know he's apologized and it's been it's been dealt with. The, the club consider it closed, or at least that's what sources are saying. Do you think, though, Lee, and given your experience covering Newcastle United, is that can that be the case? Given the mess that Newcastle find themselves in, you know, fighting for safety, they can't win for love no money. Can this something like this, a bust of this magnitude, just be swept under the carpet and or you know, it just it's closed now? <sighs>
1: Well, they've got to focus on the game. There's no doubt about it because if they don't and they get beat at West Brom, then they are in serious danger. They're in serious trouble at the moment. But they've got to... They have to draw a line on it at some point. They can't just be bickering through it. It looks like they have already because Richie trained yesterday. He's trained today. And we'll we'll see see where they are in terms of team selection at the weekend. But, you know, I mean, a bit... A bit of context matt, matt rich is not as you say he's not the type of guy to uh to, to keep his mouth shut and at the end of the day he will flag up anything he sees as a problem you know I, we've, we've all had dealings with him um good bad indifferent but always the one thing no matter what you talk to him about is he's very passionate he's very animated and at the end of the day I think that's what that's what's happened here. You we, wanted we an answer earlier on on why Steve Proust went down the road he did, and uh, you know he, he had to wait until Tuesday. And then I think it's it's come to a head at the training ground, which you know happens. It happens all the time at, at training grounds. There's no doubt about it. If someone doesn't get in the team or someone's criticised, then you know Monday morning, Tuesday morning, they'll be knocking on the manager's door for an explanation. It, it's happened, happened before. Famously, I think Alan Shearer. Wanted to, uh, you know, gently open the door and speak to Rude Hullett back in the day after the Sunderland game. But when he got there, I think uh, Duncan Ferguson had already kicked it off the hinges. So it's one of them where, if you manage a Newcastle United, you're going to be there to be shot, I guess. And there, he's now got to, you um, know, get everyone calmed down. He hasn't got a lot of selection, uh, you know, room for selection with with so many players injured. Matt Richie's only played twelve games this season as well. So he's going to be frustrated about that. He nearly went to Bournemouth in, um, in January. And you know here we are going into March. He's played 12 games. You know, He'll be frustrated. He'll be wanting to get this right on the pitch. So hopefully he can channel his uh, his frustration in, in the right way at, at the Hawthorne's.
0: The comment there from uh, Tell Magpie Ross, the comments against the players should G them up and it should make them want to fight to prove their class. And I guess... Some might say that's what Steve Bruce was trying to do and that's vitally important that they do step up this Sunday.
1: Absolutely. I mean, Steve Bruce got a big result at the Hawthorns last season in the FA Cup. I think he went into it on a on the back of a similar spat with, with sort of journalists and uh, players and got the result, you know, which got them through the Cup quarterfinals. Obviously, things didn't work out for the better after that. But, you know, West Brom... Uh, that they're, they're struggling, you know. They've got to win at the weekend against Brighton, and you know this is a big game for both clubs. It's you know it's probably end of the road if West Brom don't win for Newcastle, it would just give them that the lift that they so desperately need. And uh, it's certainly a winnable game, even with all them players unavailable for Newcastle. They've got players who can step onto the pitch and, and make a difference.
0: A lot of people asking in the comments about the players having days off, you know, they had a, a couple of days off after the Wolves game, obviously not back to train until Tuesday. <clears throat> a lot of people saying, when you are in the middle of a relegation battle, is that really the right, you know, course of action to take? Should the players not be in, you know, every day trying to, to work together and trying to turn turn this around? Because they're not only trying to achieve safety, they're also trying to actually just pick up some points because they have only won, what is it, two in 15 Premier League games. So do you think having so many days off is... It is a good approach to take
1: well i think there'll be sports science comes into it as well this stage of the season now we're on the on the last lap of the season and you, you know all the behind the scenes guys will have um you know heart monitors things like that which will tell them that you know he he could go in the red zone if he trains too much today et etc cetera, etc cetera. so some of it will come down to that i personally think he gave them the extra day off to try and Probably clear his own head a little bit, and you know assess what he how he wants to work with the players. So it's it's not massively unusual, but there has been other occasions where they've been straight back in the next day. Um, you know, such as the Brentford game, I think they came straight back in the next day. They didn't have any rest or cool off or anything like that. So, but I think it is the stage of the season where, and that's not defend anybody. It, it is normal that they will have that little bit of extra recovery time. You know, going into games at this point so it's, I mean he's still had Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday to work with the players so it's not like they missed out they're gonna have five five or six good sessions so we'll see if it, if it pays off and I'm sure even people like Graham Jones will just want to get on the pitch with the players and work with them but things have I mean the, the Woolham Wanderers game it was a big improvement They should have won the game no doubt about it They created so many chances and but for the cutting edge, they would have had three points um, under the belt. And, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation about Matt Ritchie kicking off because if, you know, if you win, you can almost say whatever you want. But when it's a, an iffy result, then uh,
0: questions always get asked. We'll get back to Lee Ryder in just a moment because goodness knows there's still plenty to chat about. But just a quick note to say it's an absolute privilege to announce that we've been nominated for Sport Journalism Award. For our documentary on the West End Food Bank. On your podcast provider, if you search NUFC, Fans Food Bank at United Front, you'll find the documentary. Take a listen if you haven't already. It's a really good insight into the great work the staff and volunteers do, as well as to see where your money goes, because I guess a lot of you guys listening to this would have at some point chucked the donation their way. It's a good opportunity to see just how far that money goes, that every penny is spent where it needs to be. But more importantly, to hear from those people who've become dependent on the charity. It really is an emotional listen, if I do say so myself. So please do take a listen if you haven't already. I can also urge you guys to like and subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review as well, and share the pod amongst Junior Cast United, supporting friends and family, because if we're going to go through a little bit of hell, covering and supporting Newcastle United, we might as well do it together. The clue is in the name, Newcastle United, isn't it? Let's get back to Lee Wright. Team Miguel Almiro and Alan St. will be missing for the game against West Brom. They're already missing Callum Wilson. I mean, the news there, Lee, of, of Miggy and St. Maxman missing uh, until April. Just what, what? what's your feelings on that? Because, I mean, that's a huge blow for Newcastle United, isn't it?
1: It's a big blow, no doubt about it. But... I think there's still players who can come in and, and do a job. You know, Dwight Gale is is there. He should be, you know, raring to go. Andy Carroll, raring to go. Ryan Fraser, especially. You know, he's, he's hardly played. I mentioned it last week that he looked like a player to me. Who thought he'd made a mistake? We got a response from him, didn't we, on Saturday? It was much better. Uh, maybe, maybe he's a regular listener of the uh, of the show, but. Uh, who knows? But at the end of the day, Ryan Fraser he did come. In. Let's remember, Ryan Fraser arrived at Newcastle. He waited and waited. He thought he was going to get a move to Tottenham. Um, didn't happen. You know, there was other other teams linked with him. He eventually gave Newcastle an answer. Then he turned up and he said that he was going to be doing great things and putting the ball on a plate for Joe Linton. And, and you know uh, how confident he was that he he could drag Newcastle up the league. And he hasn't done it. He hasn't delivered. He did well the other night, no doubt about it. If that's a response to the criticism, let's see more of it in the last, uh, you know, ten games or so, and and show show everybody the good player that you said you were when you signed for the club.
0: What about young Elliot Anderson? Obviously, big things expected of him. Um, he fit and ready to go. Should he be given a shot? Do you think against West Brom? Against, I guess, there's no possibly better teams to try yourself out against than some of the teams you know beneath you in the league. So is this the time to give the young lad a shot in the first team?
1: Well, the the debate will be whether I put him in from the start. He hasn't been on the bench in the last few games. You know, he's back now. Um, he's you know training with the team. He's been talked up at the training ground. You know, whether they start him or not, we'll have to wait and see. But he is a, an unbelievable talent, and you know, anyone who knows his background will know that he's, he's up. He's up for this, and he's going to uh, he's going to be delighted if he if he gets that chance. Personally, if it was me picking the team, I would have him in. There's no doubt about it. I'd have him in from the start. But I think they might just err on the side of caution. Uh, Ryan Fraser could potentially go in that central role if they continue with the, the formation they've had. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. It's certainly another it's another option. You know, we mentioned Gale, Carol, Fraser, Anderson. There's some good options there. There's more than enough quality there to go West Brom and get a result.
0: Hmm. I wrote yesterday and articles online that Steve Bruce needs to make sure that the preparation is about the players that they've got, not the players that they've lost, because at the end of the day, self-pity is not going to get you three points, is it? It's interesting, though, that you mentioned the formation there, because obviously Ryan Fraser came off and he played in that central role, came off the bench in that central role, and then he ended up putting the ball in, into the box and what have you. Obviously, he's more suited to the to the wing, and then you've got Dwight Gale who could come in, is more suited to the central role, do you think they could switch formation to maybe suit them two players especially someone like Gail who just doesn't look happy when he is out on that wide role he needs to be in the center doesn't
1: he uh, Well, I would say so he's the, you know he's he's a natural sort of goal scorer if you like and he needs to be in and around that that 18 yard box I mean for me playing him out wide is a, is a waste uh, you know you're not going to get the best from him in doing that so they will they may have to tweak things uh, but Look, get the ball to his feet in and around the danger zone. I'm I'm pretty sure he would have taken some of the chances the, the other night. And Newcastle, that's what they needed. Someone to convert. Sadly, for some reason, Dwight Gale you know, hasn't got the opportunity as much as he should have this season. Is it because of the contract uh, delay? Who knows? You know, but from from his point of view, is it, if you give him the ball in the right areas, he'll take the chance. He'll get you the win. And if there's one player who's going to be inspired by going back to the Hawthorns, it's Dwight Gale, you know, where he's you know scored so many goals for the baggies. So let's hope that uh, there's there's a positive a positive afternoon to report on for a change on Sunday.
0: I guess in many ways, you've got the likes of Dwight Gale and you've got the likes of Jacob Murphy you know who are going to be wanting to prove themselves not just for the first team but for that new deal as well. You know, they've got to prove themselves in the eyes of, you know, Lee, Charlie, and Steve Bruce, that they're worthy of a new contract. So that's a bit of added motivation for them to, if they do get a chance, to really take it on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and then they're going to have to, they need to grab it with both hands. There's no doubt about it. Um, Andy Carroll, obviously, I, I was interested to in see his interview the other day when he said, you know, it's up to the gaffer. That that suggested to me that he may have to wait for an opportunity from the start. Um, it, is, it is crunch time for him in his Newcastle career. It's another. It's it's exactly like this time last year. Last year they gave him a contract because, probably because of the COVID situation, where you know it was going to be difficult in the transfer window, and they needed squad players in and around. You know, bringing Callum Wilson in. It's going to be problematic again the next window. But he has to go and show what he's got on the pitch. And uh, if any player needed a couple of goals, it's uh, Andy Carroll at the minute. And to be fair, I think he he's actually scored a couple for Newcastle in the in the past at the Hawthorns. So hopefully, uh, it's a chance for him to to do likewise this weekend.
0: Who would you pick then? That forward three, you know, to replace Miggy to replace Almiron? Would you replace Joe Linton as well? What would be your? Would you? A, would you stick with the forward three? And if you if you are, who would you choose? I mean, to be honest, Ryan Fraser. For me, if you put him in in a
1: central role, then I, I think that's that's a, that's a waste. He needs to be out wide. To be totally honest, I, w- I would have Joleon in the team, but in a, in the wider role, I, I don't think he's the, don't think he's number nine. Um, we've all had the discussion about his opportunity. The other night, the majority of people said he should have scored. Um, you know, his he, best position is is meant to be in that that wider role where he played Hoffenheim. So. You know, at the end of the day, he's a he's a competitor. He wins balls in the air. He does get tackles in. He does work hard. The only thing that's letting him down is goals, and that's that's been the big problem. But you know, you can go back to the whole marketing argument. Why did they give him the number nine shirt? You know, for a start, and present him in that way when he's when he's clearly he does not look like a number nine. Uh, and three ga- three goals in you know fifty odd games is a uh, is testament to that.
0: Another option for Steve Bruce could be to bring one of the longstaffs or both back into the side. Sean Longstaff is impressed when he has been afforded that number 10 rule. I think we think back to the game against Bournemouth when he unfortunately had to go off last season pretty early on after a really good start of that game where he was in that number 10 position. He's out in the cold. Both the longstaffs are out in the cold. We've just got uh, Joanne asking how, you know what's happening with the longstaffs at the moment?
1: Well, I haven't seen Sean Longstaff since the Sheffield know the infamous one nil defeat at Sheffield United, um, and yeah, I think he got told to warm up the other night. That was the closest I've uh, seen him get back to the action. And uh, Matt, he's had, had a little taste of it in in recent weeks, but again, someone who hasn't had the games he expected this season. So it's it's one of them where we uh, hope that they get they get an opportunity, but. At the minute, it's where do you where do you put them in? Because uh, you've got Willock there, you've got Shelby there, and Shelby actually, for me, did very well the other night, and it's it's an opportunity for him again. Um, so we'll we'll see. But both of them, you know, if they get the opportunity, they'll, they'll give everything they've got.
0: Big Sam's record against Newcastle is pretty good. Uh, I mean, and I'm sure looking at this news here with the injuries to McGraw, I mean, you want an answer, Maxman, and then plus this bust up. West Brom probably will be rubbing their hands with the last couple of days, um, you know, looking ahead to to Sunday. Yeah,
1: if there's if there's one guy you don't want to bump into when you're in a relegation battle, it's Big Sam, and he'll be you will be desperate to get that result. As I say, I think if they lose, then it is the end of the road for West Brom this season. Uh, they were, you know, they were very fortunate against Brighton that that goal got disallowed and then two penalty misses. So they got a lot of luck in that game. Hopefully they've used it all up. Um, but you know, West Brom, as I say, it's a, it's an opportunity for Newcastle. They've got to they've got to get those three points they need. We all know that there can be no excuses this time with a draw. Otherwise Newcastle is just going to limp over the line. We've got one eye on on tonight. Uh, Fulham could be in the relegation zone before we even get to the Hawthorne. So it's going to be difficult. But um, overall. I think it's a it's a real opportunity now for Newcastle to to finally just try and put this this relegation battle to bed in the next few weeks.
0: Mm, Yeah, Fulham play Spurs tonight. Like you say, a win would land Newcastle in the relegation zone on goal difference. West Brom against Everton, they'd be Everton. Uh, We take them up to twenty points, so that would leave them six behind Newcastle going in to Sunday. If Newcastle don't win on Sunday, what does that mean? For Steve Bruce is under pressure, but is it a case of a must-win for the safety of his job, or do you think he would he would you know carry on to the next game?
1: Well, everyone everyone who said that in previous weeks has, has been wrong, saying that he was he was going to be on the brink. Uh, a point wouldn't be the end of the world from his point of view because it will probably keep him going another week. A defeat is probably unthinkable. But again, it goes back to the to the argument. It depends. It depends on what, how precarious the board view the club's position going into what would be, you know, the last ten or eleven games. And you know, realistically, you know, Steve Bruce has he been living on borrowed time in in, in recent weeks? Let's be honest. Other clubs, he wouldn't be here anymore. But Newcastle financial difficulties. They don't want to write the seven figure check, which would you know send them away in a very lucrative position. But realistically, for, from from the club's point of view, the p- only person that would, you know, be ready to come in and do the job at the minute is probably Graeme Jones, who's, who's come in as, as coach. And, you know, the players obviously like him. But at the end of the day, Steve Bruce is, is going to be judged by the people who employ him to keep Newcastle United up this season. And if he fulfils that, then, you know, he's got a He'd, he'd have a case for wrongful dismissal because at the end of the day, that's what Newcastle asked them to do. He, even if they got beat at the weekend, they'd still be in a, with a chance of, you know, getting survival this season. So it's a very difficult position. But as I say, at other clubs, you know, they would have made the change by now. They'd, they'd have a new manager in. i
0: don't have a question then. How do you think Steve Bruce is going to handle, you know, the last 24 hours tomorrow in the press conference? Because we know of late uh you know the written press yourself and the rest of uh, the press back haven't really been allowed to ask that many questions how do you think he's gonna he's gonna take on board what's happened over the last 24 hours or so
1: well i i personally think the line that he will come out with is that you know everything that that happens behind the scenes is has to be dealt with in-house i've seen managers in this situation saying that they want to see some passion from players who aren't playing I think there could be a bit of a, a dose of that as well. I certainly don't think he's, he's going to come out and slam Matt Ritchie for, you know, whatever it has or hasn't been said. I, I can't say that personally. I think he'll definitely try and clip the answers. He will take the question. He'll have to because his right holder is going to be in there first. Uh, how many questions he takes from written press? We'll have to wait and see. It was only a couple after the Wolves game. It was only a couple before the Wolves game. You know, the, the local written media have been put into what, what you could call restricted mode um, where they haven't had the access that they had before the se- earlier in the season. Um used to sit down for a good 45 minutes afterwards. That's been chopped right down to about two or three minutes now with uh, selected questions only. So we'll have to wait and see. I, I can't see it all being suddenly hunky dory again and everyone getting a question. We'll
0: have to wait and see. Just found uh, the, the story up on our website this morning, written by yourself, In, and it includes uh, a few cheeky potential buyers of Newcastle United asking for a reduced price to take over the club.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's what happens when you you know when you're down there, people will will take a chance and try and you know get something at that knockdown rate. Uh, they have had a couple of inquiries. You know wh- where things stand. Where it th- where would things stand if the club got relegated? That's all been battered away because they don't want to sell the club. Um, you know for that knockdown rate, the preferred, you know, bidders and buyers would be, of course, Amanda Staveley, uh, Public Investment Fund, that that sort of uh, group. So we'll we'll have to see. You know where that goes with the Premier League. But as far as you know, selling it for fifty million quid or something like that. Is it, it's it's unlikely. That said, if they did end up getting relegated, which a lot of people are now saying they believe they will, then there's no way you're gonna get three hundred and twenty million for Newcastle United as a championship club. So it's uh it's it's a difficult time ahead in terms of on the pitch. But
0: is the club still for sale?
1: Yeah it is, but it's not gonna be for sale in the bargain
0: basket. You can read that piece over on chroniclive.co.uk. Lee, thanks as always for joining us. To you guys watching and listening, thanks for tuning in yet again. Head over to the website and we'll keep you up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news.